Welcome into Brewcast for Amazing Brew on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I am Luke Giardi. Good to be back. Missed last week, but I know Anthony and Chris held it down very well. Joined by Anthony Brewman. No Chris here uh, today. He's enjoying his time down in Florida uh, with some family for, for Christmas and whatnot. But uh, Anthony and I, we got a lot to discuss. You know, we're here with you Monday night, December 28th, as we headed to Tuesday, uh, December 29th. And we do have some, you know, big news to to discuss here. A couple of things that, you know, uh, we haven't discussed here on Brewcast yet. Some breaking news that happened here today. But before all that, Anthony, how was your Christmas, my man? You, was it pretty good? Uh, I mean, everything's relative right now, right? right I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> um, for what it could be. Yes, it, w- it was fine. Uh, it was perfectly adequate, which perfectly adequate is a totally fine bar for everything this year, as far as I'm concerned. So it was good. Um, I'm starting the bloat, the uh, um, the fatigue is starting to set in and you can only drink so many adult beverages and eat so much leftover ham and, and whatever the hell uh, in so many consecutive days. Uh, but got a couple days to regroup, regroup rally and uh, send this horrid putrid year out with the biggest Viking funeral of all time. So yeah. <laughs> um, it's good. It's good to be back. Good to see you yeah. again as well. Yeah. Yeah. You too, man. Good. To, good to be back here. So we have to lead off with the news. We, we kind of got a wrench thrown in our plan for the show, to be honest with you. What maybe a half hour ish ago, uh, Aiden Hutchinson sent out a tweet that I was very surprised by personally. Uh, he tweeted from his personal account. He tweeted a picture of himself. Uh, nice graphic. He said, not quite done yet. I've decided to forego the NFL and return for my senior year. So Aiden Hutchinson going to be back with the Michigan football program heading into 2021, which is obviously huge news. Michigan already going to be without Quiddy pay moving forward. And uh, we saw what life was like on the D line without Aiden Hutchinson when he went out for a significant time here this year, and it was not great. So I don't know about you, Anthony, but I, I know Aiden Hutchinson is going to be a fantastic NFL player one day. And I was shocked to see that he's coming back. Yeah. And like I said, this is, this is the dangers of getting too comfortable with how slow things are this time of year in that, you know, still normal work day for, for guys like me, uh, guys like you, I imagine too. Um, But nothing going on. So I stepped out around, I don't know, five 30, start doing running some other errands, clean up from the holidays. And then I checked the group text and Aiden Hutchinson is back, which again, I'm, kind of really surprised by um and this is this is i haven't processed it yet that this show is me in the process of doing that um you know the the gut reaction is that that's a huge get for michigan i mean that's a massive get whether um you know that he will have a new defensive coordinator we'll talk about that soon enough maybe he'll have a new head coach i don't know things are still weird there but to have a guy that talented who I honestly think outside of, you know, Daxton Hill and Quiddy pay probably the most talented guy on your defense. And maybe he's number one, maybe, you know, he can slot probably anywhere in that top three. So that's huge for them, especially when you look at, when you saw how they played when he wasn't there. Um, And there are some other things that will factor into how successful he will be moving forward. But man, when he wasn't there, I just don't, I didn't see anyone waiting in the wings. Now in this recruiting class that they have, they might have some guys who can slot into that, you know, down the road, but I don't think anyone's ready next year to be the type of player that Aiden Hutchinson 
already is and will be when he comes back next year. So uh, again, I don't know what his stock could be like. I, I thought, you know, doing some of those early mock draft things uh, on that draft network website, I've seen like second or third round, but I think if healthy and if able to put everything together, he's a first round talent and yep. you know, Michigan hasn't had a whole lot of those recently. So that guy coming back, I mean, he'll, he'll be a captain. He'll be, you know, the heartbeat of that defense. I think that's that's a big deal for them, and it, it's it's cool to see, especially you know he, you know, cra- it's crazy to think that he did go out during that Indiana game, which they had already lost to Michigan State, um, and they were in the process of losing to Indiana. But the most, I think, the argument can be made that the most embarrassing parts of this season still came after that. So um, he wasn't around for that, which I guess. Right was good for his mental health, not good for our mental health, but man, to have him back is um, I sit here with a very similar feeling that I had to when Nico Collins said he was coming back uh, last year, which we know what happened after that. But in terms of what it means for that particular position group, this is, this is massive. And yeah, that, that's the big deal. I th- Yeah. I think it's on par with, with a guy like Chase Winovich, you know, when, when he came back and, it, well, it's not just that Aiden Hutchinson is such a good football talent. I think the leadership that he's going to provide is going to be second to none because you need your best players to be great leaders. You know, when that falls short, that's when you don't have a great season. That's what made kind of that revenge to our season in 2018, you know, what it was. So guys like Chase Winovich, who was obviously a vocal leader on that team, and the chip on his shoulder. I think I could foresee something similar like that. Now, obviously there's other parts of the defensive line that we're a little bit worried about, but it, if you expect, you know, a big leap from five-star Chris Hinton and four-star Mozzie Smith and probably Carlo Kemp coming back on the inside, like those guys coupled with someone on the edge, like Aiden Hutchinson, I, I think it's going to do wonders. I think you could see massive gains into next year. Yeah. And, you know, looking at it from a, an on-field impact standpoint, I mean, if they don't have, you know, if our, um, if our feelings are confirmed and they don't have those guys waiting in the wings, it makes it easier for a guy playing end on the other side of him to kind of break out if he does get that extra attention. Now, again, that means those guys in the middle are going to have to stand up and it also might depend on who, who winds up being their defensive coordinator. We might see more of those three man fronts. We, we don't know what that's going to look like yet. Um, I don't, you know, let's just say they went to a three, four. I don't know if he's a stand up guy or not. So it's one of those things where, you know, his true impact will probably depend on who winds up coaching this team, not just that defensive coordinator, but you know, we'll see above that. It's uh, we're getting closer to January 1st and there's no extension yet. So we don't know what's going on there. Um, you know, they're going to hit the transfer portal hard regardless for defensive line help, which they absolutely should. If you could find a guy like a Mike, Mike Dana, uh, like you did a couple of years ago, that would be huge for them. Um, you know, that's the type of guy you build a defense around. And if his impact, you know, invites more attention, it creates more opportunity for other guys. So like we saw with, you know, for as much crap as Rashawn Gary got because of the sack numbers, you go back and watch a lot of those games and you'll see a guy who is, taking up a lot of bodies, double, triple teams, and still kind of getting the job done, despite the fact that, you know, those numbers weren't already there. And now he's kind of starting to turn it on in the NFL. So sorry, that's me defending him a little bit, but yeah, this is um, massive. Cause honestly, 
I foresaw an exodus of sorts uh, from anyone that was able to leave. So, yeah, this is this is big, big news for Michigan's defense. Yeah, and this kind of obviously ties in with something that we didn't get a chance to talk about yet here on the show, and that is the fact that Michigan is going to be moving on from Don Brown. Uh, Sounds like he might not be uh, waiting for a job for long either. Sounds like uh, the rumors are it could be joining Jed Fish out in Arizona, Uh, but we'll we'll wait for confirmation on that. We do know that he will not be the defensive coordinator of the Michigan Wolverines in 2021, and this is something that – we had been expecting. I don't think this comes as a surprise one bit. Um, And obviously Anthony, you think it's the right move. I I think it's the right move. It just had to happen here, but you've the interesting thing that I find is a point you've brought up many, many times. It's that as of right now, Jim Harbaugh is on a one year contract. You know, he's got one year left in 2021 could be coaching a lame dunk period. How hard is it? Like if you're on the coaching search right now, before an extension gets done, how do you lure a a top tier defensive coordinator to come work for you at Michigan? And I don't even know if that works being done right now because Jim Harbaugh is on the West coast. I'm sure there are being, there are phone calls that are being made and things like that, but I don't, you can't move forward with any of those hires until you get some kind of, because, so let's just say, I know the, the favorite on social media right now, everyone is hyping up Will Muschamp. Why would Will Muschamp, a guy who I don't know if he'd get a head coaching gig here, but a guy who might might have some options as other schools fill their staffs out, why would he come here and hitch your horse to that wagon if you don't know? Like, because he's a guy like Muschamp. This is all like a rehab tour for him now. Mm-hmm. You're looking to get a job that gets you that next job. Are you really going to hitch your wagon to? you know, what might just be one more year of Jim Harbaugh. I, I don't know. And that's where the worry here with me is that you wind up in a Doug Nussmeyer situation where, uh, yeah, you get your one year, didn't really fix anything. The problems were much bigger than him. And then everyone's screwed and everyone's looking for jobs. So, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Um, Derek Mason, I'm not, I'm not too crazy about that. I know he's been a favorite just again, everyone immediately goes to the guys with Harbaugh ties. I'm kind of over the Harbaugh ties thing. I just want the best guy and a guy who might have some staying power. Um, If if that's a younger guy, so be it. If that's, you know, I see names like Todd Grantham and and, uh, Jim, I think Jim Levitt. uh, That does nothing for me. And that shouldn't really do anything for anyone else either. So again, um, it's hard to know where they move from here. Again, as far as Don Brown going to Arizona, far as I could tell the only Bostonians I've ever known that have gone West to be successful are like Ben Affleck, Mark Wahlberg, you know, those type of guys. So I don't know the mustache going to go join uh, Jed fish. I mean, that's a good hire for them, but again, that's a school where doing what you do recruiting the way that he kind of built Michigan's defense is it'll work at a school like that because you can scheme up around those type of guys. It's, It's a little different beast, you know, in the big tents. So uh, good for him. He's a good dude. Good to see him land on his feet quickly. Um, you know, happy for Jed Fish too. I know people were hoping maybe he would have a spot in the staff moving forward, but obviously much bigger fish to fry for him. So, yeah, the changes are there. I mean, I know people will put out their candidates to replace him, and, and people, you know, listen, it's kind of a barren wasteland for clicks right now. And I'm not accusing people of clickbait, but you put out the article saying candidates for this, candidates for that we can't have those discussions until 
we know where this is heading. And at this point, it kind of feels like we're not going to get anything through the new year, um, which if you know about the NFL, week 17 is this weekend. Black Monday is approaching. We're going to find out what NFL jobs are open. I'm not saying that's what's going on with Jim Harbaugh, but I'm not saying that's not what's going on with Jim Harbaugh either. Like read the tea leaves. I'm kind of in the, the camp of what the actions will tell the story of what's going on right now. This extension that's been on the table has been on the table for, I feel like we did a show about it a month ago. So yeah, pretty close, I think actually. And there are things to work out. I get it. You negotiate, but again, um, it just, it, it feels, it feels weird. And I'm not, I don't think it's, uh, I want to necessarily let us be gaslighted into thinking that this is normal or this is how big time contending college football programs do business. Cause it's not right. Uh, I do want to say one thing about Don Brown real quick is that I, I was probably more of a fan of Don Brown than, than a lot of people, uh, especially late. I knew it was time. Uh, it, it's okay. But Don Brown did a fantastic job for a number of years at the university of Michigan. That defense was the lone bright spot in 2017 you know it, what he did in 2016 with some great guys what he did again in 2018 i understand everyone points to the ohio state game and it sucked and it was on him there's no question about it couldn't adjust couldn't fix the crossing routes it absolutely was on him but the work he did 2016 through the 2018 season for the most part the majority of it was truly incredible work and yeah it was it, it was something that Michigan was lacking for a long time, you know, starting with Rich Rod and then moving into the Brady Hoke days. And it was, it was nice. I know they were good under DJ Durkin in 2015, but Don Brown kind of took it to the next level. So I'm appreciative of Don Brown, everything he brought to the university of Michigan and the football program. And really just as a person, what he was, you know, what you watch that all or nothing documentary and you really get a glimpse into just how great of a person and a human being Don Brown is. And I wish him uh, nothing but the best. I do want to ask you, Anthony, talking about how it all intertwines. So you've got Don Brown leaving. You've got a 2021 class recruiting class that didn't have, and you, and you said you expected this to happen. That didn't have a lot of guys leave the class. We haven't seen a ton of transfers. You've got Aiden Hutchinson now opting back in. So as you mentioned earlier, there's not really that max ex, uh, mass exodus happening right now. Uh, I, I just, I, I'm, I'm lost. I, I don't know what's happening. Does that mean Harbaugh is getting an extension? Like, like you said, mention read the tea leaves and none of it, like I'm trying to put all these pieces of the hard, puzzle It's hard together. to do and none of it makes sense. <laughs> none, none of it makes <laughs> sense, man. Yeah. Um, I, I just, do it, anything, I, I'm trying to figure it all out and I've got nothing. I'm trying to figure it out as well. And what I'll say about that is that I think part of it might have to do, you just came off of a stretch where for three weeks in a row, you kind of started preparing for a football game, then stopped preparing for a football game. And you started and you stopped and you started and you stopped. And then it was national signing day. And then, you know, so much has happened in the last number of weeks. Um, It might just be quiet time for a lot of people. Uh, It might be time. Like, thank God they're not playing in a bowl game for their sake, for our sake. Again, it might just be a, a matter of let's, we've been going full go since pretty much August and it was a stressful year for everyone on the number of fronts. Forget the on-field product. There was, you know, preventing, co- again, they weren't successful the last few weeks of the year, but 
putting in the work to prevent a COVID outbreak. Like I, it's hard to get a read on anything. Um, I, I, I don't know what any of it means. I, I think everyone right now is just kind of going, listen, it's going to be a quiet holiday season this year. We're not playing in a bowl game. Like I said, I, I believe I read that Jim Harbaugh has spent the last two weeks out on the West coast, which Again, I know defending him on anything isn't popular around here right now. If I were him, given that opportunity, I'd be doing the exact same thing. So um, I don't know. And one last thing I'll say on Don Brown, too, is I think, you know, kind of circling back to what we just talked about, uh, a good guy. uh, I do think he's a good football coach. Um, The bottom fell out this year, but I think a lot of that is, you know, statistically they did slip every year he was there. But I think the talent level slipped too. And that's what, you know, we talk about missing on, um, you know, guys at defensive tackle at cornerback. You had guys transfer out of the program, four-star guys. I think that that all, like we've talked about all season long, I think what happened this year wasn't a, it wasn't a blip on the radar. It wasn't one of those, um, you know, aberration type things. It was the culmination of a lot of problems that they've been having. Um, Don Brown should have probably been let go before or or after last year. And, you know, the fact that, and I kind of equate it to, you know, what the Lions did uh, with Matt Patricia, like you should have gotten rid of him last year. So I'm not really, you know, patting you on the back and, and yelling from the mountaintops, you know, your praises because, you did things this year. Like it, it's probably your year too late, especially when there was so much new this year, it was kind of pro- the, the perfect opportunity for a reboot. And I just feel like that, that was a missed opportunity. I, I will. I will say this though, real quick is yeah. that I'm kind of glad that it all worked out the way it did. Cause I don't think Michigan's talent level on the defensive side of the football was really ready to compete, especially in an all big 10 schedule. So whoever you brought in, he was going to get the, cause I don't think the defense really had a chance to perform a whole lot better than it did this year, maybe a little bit, but regardless, it wasn't going to be up to expectations no matter what. So whoever that new guy was, man, I, I don't well, even what, know if it would have been a fair shake for him. Well, what you needed to do was, and this is uh, Steve, Steven, everyone knows him who works with Steven Ostentowski does a great job. He has said, and I, I've said this here before too, Don Brown's biggest issue is that he schemes around what he deems to be the best version of his players, what they can be when they're firing on all cylinders Mm -hmm. where the best coaches tend to scheme around, you know, weaknesses and you change things out here and there based on what your strengths are. And they've done that. Like um, the defense they ran this year was not the defense they ran last year with, you know, you find roles for guys like Josh Uche and Khalid Hudson and Jabril Peppers. The, I don't, so I don't put a ton of stock in the fact that, oh, he never adjusted. There were some in game things he didn't adjust to, but he did adjust the looks of the defense. And I know it's the, the popular social media thing to say, like they did play more zone after, you know, over the last couple of years, too. Um, so adjustments were made. It didn't, it didn't work. And it was time. It's been five years. It's, it should have been time last year. And a program that was feeling really saucy may have done it after Ohio State in 2018. So, Again, um, it had to happen. Uh, that's why I think, you know, oh, people saying, oh, is this is this indicative of a, an extension coming from Harbaugh? No, because I think that this was probably bound to happen. It was going to – that needed to happen whether you had a new coach or not. So um, I don't put too much stock into that. It certainly lends credence to that. But, again, nothing is what it seems this year. So, Are, are you surprised he's been the only one so far? Um. That's a good question. 
kind of because eagle-eyed people pointed out on signing day that most if not all of the defensive staff was a wall on social media right um which again maybe we, like for some of these guys and i don't this might not be totally accurate um it's the number that's in my head. I believe six of their assistants, their contracts were up anyways. So you don't necessarily hear a, I mean, you might hear they won't renew so-and-so's contract, but again, it's one of those things where this is where I think the Don Brown thing is more of the pound of flesh for the masses to hold them over as opposed to indicative of more change coming. Because again, I don't think you can make any more of those decisions um, without knowing what the, the let's just like the guy in charge doesn't know what's going on. He can tell recruits he plans on being here, but the fact that a deal is not signed yet means he doesn't know what his future is. And Michigan doesn't know what its future is. So it's hard to move forward with that until, like I said, uh, if I could have people that I want to hire for the site, but if, you know, there are certain factors that are preventing me like budgets, maybe I'm getting fired a month from now. Like that affects decisions. Like, like not that, you know, I think we're a more well-run operation than the football program is. I'm a little biased, but that's kind of how things like that work. So again, um, when the guy in charge doesn't know his fate, it's hard to make decisions that will affect the long-term outlook of, of the program. So that's where we're at. That's that is where we're at. We got to take a quick break here on Brewcast. We still have a lot more to get to, so don't go anywhere. And we'll be right back. Hey guys, Anthony from Maze and Brew here to introduce you to our friends and sponsors of the podcast homefieldapparel.com homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand located right in the heart of big 10 country in indianapolis and makers of some of the most comfortable items of clothing you will ever own homefield launched its michigan collection in early november with several awesome vintage designs that capture a lot of the things we love about the wolverines everything they do and design for all schools comes from a place of love that honors the history of some of our favorite institutions across the country. So if you're looking for a gift for that Tulane grad of yours, or simply want to add some North Dakota State gear to your collection, in addition to the Michigan stuff you buy, they are the place to do it. Our listeners, our readers, the Mason Brew family can get 20% off your first purchase using the promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com. That's promo code MNB at homefieldapparel.com for 20% off your first purchase. I promise you, their gear will become an instant favorite in your collection. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors in life, whether they be big, small, or anywhere in between. And when we keep those bottled up, it can start to affect us in a negative way. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched up with a licensed therapist, and if for some reason that therapist isn't working out for you, you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Get life's challenges off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Block M to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Block M. 
Back in here on Brewcast, Luke Giardi, Anthony Broom, and we are with you Monday, December 28th, headed into Tuesday, December 29th, also streaming live on Twitch. Thank you uh, to those of you who are following along on Twitch, as we are every Monday night at 7.30. Last show of uh, 2020 here, and I do want to get a little... Little hoops talk in here, Anthony, because I know you and Chris have been doing the basketball or the hoops podcast. But uh, I, I gotta say, man, this this season has already gone better uh, than I kind of expected. I thought it was going to be a lot more up and down, but I, man, the way this team uh, is playing right now, that was a, a tough game that they just had. You know, and I understand it was Nebraska, but that's a 12-day layoff. You're on the road. You're playing on Christmas Day, and you got a guy who can't miss in the first half. For them to, to do what they did in, in that second half, particularly Hunter Dickinson, I mean, he might be the most important recruit that we've seen since potentially Trey Burke. That's spicy, but I think I might agree with it. Um, you know, it's – the fact, and this is where, you know, I, again, I'm not taking a victory lap on this, but I, I always kind of felt he was a little more pro ready or not pro ready college ready or ready to play out of the box. than a lot of people did. Um, and that's not no disrespect to Austin Davis, but I just think coming out of the, the league that he played in in high school, I just felt like he was going to be more ready than maybe other guys would be. Um, I think he might, he might be this team's I won't say best player. That's that's definitely spicy. But um, they're most they're most important. I don't know if it's that spicy right now. To be well, honest, when Franz Wagner plays the way he did, on, yeah. on Friday, like that is. I mean, that's what raises your ceiling from we're top twenty good to maybe we're one of the ten best teams in college basketball. Right, and, and this year maybe better than that because I don't know if there are many teams. And again, uh, it's been hard to watch a lot of college basketball this year but I don't know a lot of teams that can go nine to 10 deep with as talented, a, a, you know, a roster that Mich- as Michigan has. Um, so it's what we're seeing right now is kind of what I thought they would look like later in the year as they rounded into form. Uh, I didn't expect them to look this good this early. They're the right. big tens only undefeated team right now, which there's an asterisk next to that. We've had games postponed and moved around and things like that, but they, they're playing really well and it really just feels like there's that next gear they can go to still because they haven't played outside of what the Toledo game, they haven't really played a full 40 minute game yet. Right. Um, And again, it's, this is where I equated it to on the basketball pod with Chris was that, you know, right now the competition's kind of like a dimmer switch. So you start out, you can make the argument that the seven games they've played this year so far are probably the seven easiest games they'll play, at least in terms of quality of opponent, the seven easiest games they'll play all year. So now we're in a conference play. You play uh, Maryland on Thursday. You have a Northwestern team who looks better than expected on Sunday. Uh, the dimmer switch is coming up a little bit now. So the lights are getting a little bit brighter. And, uh, you know, I, I do have, you know, as we talk about Dickinson and the centers, I am, I'm a little more concerned than, than some people are with uh, the Austin Davis injury, just because, you know, what it leaves you with is a true freshman in Terrence Williams, who is, he's a bulldog, but he's not quite there yet. He gives you good energy and good minutes, but you know, there are times where there are times where he looks like the best player on the floor and times where he looks like, you know, one of the the lesser players on the floor. And that wouldn't be as big an issue to me if Brandon Johns was playing better and a little more consistent. 
And now that he's getting more minutes at the five, it's that's a little bit of a concern to me just because I don't think those guys are um, – it's just one less body just kind of throws everything off whack. And they've, they've survived it so far. And the 12-day layoff probably helps in that, you know, it gives you time to, to get your center back. Um, I don't know if he'll start when he comes back. I kind of doubt it. But just to have yeah. that body is, you know, five to ten Austin Davis minutes – I think more often than not might give you more this year than five to 10 Terrence Williams minutes. will. so that's kind of where I'm at with this team right now. I'm happy with what I see. Um, you haven't had, you haven't had the chance to talk about it much because we took that away from you on Sunday night. So tell me what you think. Well, I, I certainly agree with you with the Austin Davis thing. And my biggest issue is that, like I understand that we are we, we live in an era of positionless basketball, but that's more prevalent on the offensive side. So when you have Brandon Johns coming in and, and Terrence Williams, you can spread the floor a little bit more with Hunter Dickinson on the bench. Where you really get hurt is defense and rebounding, you know, and it does become prevalent out there. Austin Davis can can bang with anyone down low. You know, it doesn't matter. He's gonna grab rebounds. He's going to be a good rim protector. And that's exactly what Dickinson does without him. We've seen guys like Brandon Johns struggle going up against, you know, the, the traditional fives or traditional bigs, you know, that you do see all across the big 10. So I think that being able to, to give Dickinson a blow and he's going to need a blow every once in a while. I mean, big guys like that, man, you know, no matter how much you run and try and get in shape, it takes a lot to move those big bodies, you know, and he's in, and not he, to make fun of him, but the way he runs, he takes a little more, a few more steps uh, than the right, other players yeah, exactly. do getting down the floor. So a L- little choppy, you know, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, Austin Davis is is going to be key, I think, uh, to be quite honest with you, especially when you look at the last nine games of the season for Michigan. I, I mean, it is it, it can get pretty yeah. brutal. Guys are going to get banged up. Guys are going to be tired by the end of this, and you need as many bodies as possible, and especially you know for a guy like Hunter Dickinson to not completely wear him out. Uh, it, it's going to be huge, I, I think, for him to come back. And I don't know what exactly Austin Davis's status is, like what the prognosis is, on him, but uh, the sooner they could get him back, the better. I got the sense it was maybe like a four to six week type deal. So again, I don't know if the timeline was, I mean, they just said out a few weeks. Um, but like I said, you know, a guy that we talk about big bodies, I mean, to have that type of injury, the the foot, the, the heel, the Achilles, whatever it was um, to have that, that's a lot more weight on that than right for a lot of other players. So like I said, um, I'm fine with not rushing him back because honestly, um, and, and let's let's just, I think that they'll be mostly fine. Um, they'll start losing some games because this is an insanely difficult conference to play in. They could lose a game as soon as Thursday. You, I mean, they could, now that you're in the brunt of Big Ten play and you don't play Nebraska again, and Northwestern looks like they might be a lot more competitive than we thought, it's nothing is a layup in any of these games. So it's, we kind of talked about that magic number being maybe 16 or 17 wins. Um, they're in a good spot right now. Uh, yep. But like I said, that's where it helps it. You know, you didn't really play anyone of consequence in, in that. Uh, I mean, UCF and Toledo right now are top 100 teams. Their stock has actually kind of increased since Michigan's played them. So that's good. But uh, like I said, um, it's going to get rough, you know, starting 
I mean, I look at the schedule and, and really it doesn't let up at all after January, starting with, you know, Purdue or Maryland at home on the night. Like it's, I'm trying to find where there's some re- relief for them and it's not really there. So, and again, we're still in a pandemic too. So, right. I don't know if the, some of these games might not get played. They'll get moved around. I don't know. Um, but right now, based on what I see, I, Wisconsin's the big test. They play them on January 12th. That's not that far away now. And I, you know, that's by far, that will be by the time they play by far the best team they've seen. So outside of them and, and Illinois and, and Iowa, which is one of the last games of the year, I think this team's right up there. I, I think they're a top five team in this conference right now. And I can see them staying there. I don't know what the ceiling is yet, but uh, they're ahead of schedule for sure. Yeah, I I actually think I like the way the schedule sets up. Like, I know it's going to suck down the stretch, but to allow this team with kind of the new pieces, in particular Mike Smith, John D. Brown, and Hunter Dickinson, to be able to gel with the other guys and not be like Kentucky, you know? Because it, it, I think it could have easily gone that way if you played a, a, a very tough big 10 schedule to kind of kick things off. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad it's all worked out that way. Cause I think Michigan is going to start and continue to play and get better their best basketball throughout the season. And I know they are going to take some losses, but better to, to have the team a little more gelled for the final stretch of the season than it would have been to kick it off like that. And then sometimes you can't just mentally recover from something like that. Yeah. And like I said, if they were to go, I think 500, the rest of the way they'd have 15 wins, which I think in this year might be, I mean, they won't, I think they'll do better than that. But yeah. uh, you know, like I said, that, that seven Oh, this seven and Oh start has set them up really nicely. So again, it's uh, we'll see where it goes. Um, I think it's, it's, and I think we talk about how, I think what I'm most impressed with is like I said, how, how good they have looked this early, which I don't know if that about you, sometimes that makes people adjust what they think the ceiling might be. Maybe this is just as good as they'll be. But I think what I've always been impressed by was, you know, you start the day, you start playing games the the day before Thanksgiving, you had a truncated off season. You didn't have that long of a training camp. You brought in, you know, two transfers, throw them into completely new roles you have we're, we're playing a lot, by the way, they're playing a lot. Like there's a lot on their shoulders. You've got your starting point guard and your six man weren't even on the roster, you know, in May. Um, Hunter Dickinson was a freshman. Terrence Williams is a freshman. Zeb Jackson's a freshman. I'm really just surprised by how, just how comfortable they look playing with each other. I mean, even yep. the guys that were on the team last year had been playing with each other for a couple of years and they never looked as comfortable as these new guys look now. So I think shout out to Jawan Howard too, for not only finding talented guys, but guys that fit the, you know, the quote unquote culture, so to speak. Um, the personality fits are there. They love Hunter Dickinson. They love Mike Smith. All of those guys fit in. They love each other. They're having fun playing basketball. I mean, Jawan Howard, like, I don't think, I think we're kind of understating right now. Yeah. The home runs that he's kind of hit in building this roster. No question. And, you know, I'm sure down the line we'll talk about, you know, when the season's over, guys that could come back coupled with the number one recruiting class of the country. But that's a conversation <laughs> for another time. Last show here of 2020 on Brewcast. Anthony, I got two questions for you just to wrap it up here. One, what was, if you can pick one in a crazy 2020, what was your favorite Michigan sports moment 
of 2020. And do you have maybe a new year's resolution for any of the, the sports programs that we follow here on brewcast for 2021? Oh God. You want to know what the first thing that popped in my head was? And I kind of feel bad saying this when the clock hit zero at the citrus bowl, because <laughs> that was kind of a, a nightmarish end of the season. Um, and also because I was going to Disney the next day. Um, that that happened this calendar year. Uh, God, that I mean, does I, that doesn't even seem real to be honest with you. It doesn't. Uh, Jawan Howard getting. I mean, just a couple rapid fire ones. Jawan Howard getting that first win over Michigan State at home was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, God, I was. God, that, I was really. I'm gonna be honest with you. That was the only one that I could come up with. Oh, I stole yours. Damn it. Um, no, I'm just. I'm just saying. Like 2020 was so dumb that uh, that was probably the only one that really stood out for me. We didn't, we didn't have sports for, right. We stopped the first week of March and we didn't have a big 10 tournament NCAA. And then a football, a football season didn't happen. So we had nothing to talk about there. Yeah. Zero Um, zero for Michigan this year. Can I be honest with you though? I mean, quite, it's kind of sad that this is what my, this is my actual answer. The four hours of joy I felt on October 24th, when Michigan just destroyed Minnesota we know what happened. Like it doesn't hold up well, but that night was probably one of the most fun nights of Michigan football, like in the last 10 years. And it was, if I could bottle that and then sell it to people, I would. Um, I mean, we were ready for Joe Milton to win a Heisman after that game. Yeah. It, the, the, I will never be able to explain the drop off in quality from week one to week two. That was a good football team the first week of the year. And I know Minnesota was bad, but you kind of dominated them on both sides of the ball. So again, um, I mean, real minor stuff, Michigan baseball only played like four weeks of games, but there was a weekend where they played Spencer Torkelson and Austin Martin. I think it was that first weekend of the year and their pitching staff held them for like one for seven or something like that. So that was kind of cool. Um, again, bum, we didn't get to see those guys, but they should still have a good team next year. But yeah, just uh, a lot of, uh, I don't even remember what your second question was. Uh, New Year's resolutions. Well, what, yeah, what just, you, so what were your, what was your highlight? Was it just that uh, the Michigan it was, State game? Now that you mentioned Minnesota, I forgot how excited I was after that game and what I thought the season could be, but I'll never like the fact that it, Ended the next week was the worst part, you know, like, I don't think I've, I I don't know if I've ever had, I'm trying to think because I don't think I had super high expectations because usually when they go into Ohio state, they have that bumpy game with Indiana, right? Yeah. So, So for them to go from that Minnesota win to a team that lost to Rutgers the week prior, and your rival with a brand new head coach who got there in like March to lose that game. I don't know if I've ever been on more of an emotional swing from top to bottom. And it started the night before that game too. When Minnesota struggled with Maryland, right? Yeah. Lost to Maryland. And what I lost think overtime yeah. blew yeah. a 17 point lead. And people are kind of sitting there going, cause Maryland had just got trucked by Northwestern in week one. People are sitting there going, is Michigan good or should or Minnesota bad? Like the, the seeds were planted for, uh Oh, Minnesota bad. <laughs> so uh, I also, never... Oh, here's, here's a fun, fun part about that too. So that Friday that 
uh, Minnesota and Maryland played the night before Michigan State, Michigan. Turns out that was the night I caught COVID. So that was. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you, but I mean, it's it's so COVID ended. COVID ended Michigan's season because it ended the good vibes that you were putting out into the world. That's right. That's Absolutely. how I interpret that. Um, I'll kick it to you for resolutions for 2021, and then I'll finish it. I talk too much. I would say, I mean, honestly, Michigan basketball, I think. So I, I can't go on any resolutions for Michigan football because I have no idea. We talked about it all show. We don't even know who's going to be on the sideline for them. I have um, one for Michigan football, but. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, mine, mine is, if not competitive, I think competing uh, for Michigan basketball, competing for a big 10 regular season championship, something they really haven't been able to do since 2014. Uh, I, I think that is a huge resolution for this team. Cause uh, I love winning the big 10 tournament. I would love to see that too, but I would really like to see them put a full big 10 regular season schedule together. So that's probably my, my big one. Now picking backing off that, I think I'll take it a step further and say, I I'm just like, I'm simply looking forward to see how Joan Howard coaches in March um, yeah. because we, we've seen them have success on quick turnarounds already, but you know, they were literally the closest they've got to playing postseason basketball was warming up for a big 10 tournament game against Rutgers and getting pulled off the floor. So I don't know if that, that's not a resolution. That's more something I'm looking forward to seeing. Right. Um, my resolution uh, because again, this is 20, it looks like it's going to stretch into 2021 before we have resolution on what's going on uh, moving forward. But uh, it's time to pick a direction. Uh, yeah. It's time to, if Jim Harbaugh is your guy, th this is okay. So I know people are going, uh, if I hope it's a short bridge deal for Harbaugh, if they extend Jim Harbaugh, I want him to get, you know, the five or six year deal because you've picked a direction. Now you can move on. If it's not him, go get Matt Campbell. Go get, like I said, um, go just pick pick a lane, pick a direction, pick pick an identity on offense, pick what you're going to be on defense, and stick to it. Um, you know, it's it's B for Michigan football. My 2021 resolution is pick a direction and B be decisive in what you are and what you want to be, and stop hurting yourself. Yeah. Stop hurting yourself. That's it. I like that. I think that's a good way to end it right there. So let me know where I can find you on social media, my friend. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Anthony T. Broom. You can find the website on Twitter at Maze and Brew. Uh, you guys know where our shows are. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you find your podcast content. So um, bum that Chris wasn't here. I think it's been a good year. Some of the best shows we've done, some of the weirder, more creative shows that we've ever done, especially in the dark times and, you know, April and May. And, and we took some time off here and there, but we pretty much plowed through this. There was a, there was a time early on in this pod, which I think this is year three of us doing this, the year three of our, our little trio. There was a time in that first year where we took a couple months off but since then, we've kind of just plowed mm. through it. So um, hopefully we've seen the worst of what we can see again. Knock on wood. Hopefully that's the case. But, um, no, it, it's, been, it's been another good year with the two of you. So um, honored is, is the way I'd put it. So Yeah. It, it's been a, another great year. Uh, really looking forward to, to continuing to do this. Also love that we are uh, doing this live 
on Twitch as well. Uh, and, a, and a big thank you to everyone who's been, you know, here on Twitch and in the comment section. Uh, we, we had a couple of, you know, suggestions for highlights for the 2020 season here today. And, you know, maybe that's a resolution for 2021. And let, let's get some more people in here watching the show, interacting in the chat, because it is a whole lot of fun uh, for myself. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Like Anthony said, uh, bummed that Chris isn't here for the last show of the year, but uh, I know he's having a good time. I'm sure he'll be back, be back next week for the first show of uh, 2021. But for Anthony Broom and Luke Giardi, or I'm Luke Yardy for Anthony Broom. I am Luke Yardy. <laughs> and uh, it's been a fun year on Brewcast. We'll see you in 2021. A happy new year to you, and we'll see you next week.